0: Hi and welcome to another episode of Natural Bliss Podcast. I'm your host Joyce Wheeler. Mother's Day is coming up soon, and if you would like a unique gift to give to the special mother in your life, you go check out HeavenlyBodiesWellness.com. I've got sh- various stone guide items there—bracelets, necklaces—that are great for p- protection against the electromagnetic field. I have a variety of cellulite, which is a really great crystal to have around. And, you know, check out my organic skincare products too and see what you, your, the mom in your life might like to have. And you can get a gift card too. So you might want to go that right. So go by Heavenly Bodies Wellness and check that out and see what you can find. So today I have with me Dr. Melissa Bird and she is a life coach, lay preacher, author, and keynote speaker. She is a world-class presenter who has appeared before audiences at universities, conferences, and religious institutions around the world. Her combination of education, real life experience, and practical advice makes her a powerful force of change in the lives of people she speaks to. Past audience members have described her speaking as fierce, revolutionary, life-changing, enthusiastic, and inspirational. Dr. Berg creates the genius for a new brand of leadership and grace of revolution. Her unique life purpose is to use her talents to help others dismantle perfection, tap into their intuition, and heal from grief and loss. Her words awaken revolutionaries, trailblazers, and powerful innovators who are seeking deeper connection and expansive growth. When she's not speaking on stage around the world, she can be found reading trashy novels, drinking fine whiskey, playing mom to three amazing humans, and loving her punk rock scientist, James Thomas Kelly. Welcome to the show, Melissa.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here, Joyce.
0: So how did you get started on this route?
1: Oh, that's such a great question. Um uh, mm-hmm. so where do I even start? Such a good question. Um back in 2017, I was finishing my PhD and um I knew I did not want to go into academia and um I ended up going on a coaching retreat to Scotland. Ooh, nice yeah i went and stayed in the castle for a week and so how cool really is that cool. yeah it was really cool and while i was there uh the coach that was facilitating the retreat she and i started talking and she's like you know you really ought to start speaking and and i knew i wanted to speak because i've always um done a lot of speaking but i you know whatever and she's like you should be a life coach i was like no. no 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 i'm not going back to school for anything else i have done my thing i don't know what i want to do but I'm, I know I don't wanna do that. And she said, she said, well, you don't have to go back to school. You have a master's degree and a PhD in social work. And I was like, hmm, interesting. I don't have to go back to school. And she's like, I think you know how to coach, Missy. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I do? And then um, we really started talking about like, what do I wanna help people with? And of course it was 2017. So one of the things I really started out doing was helping women find their voice so they can make a difference in their communities. And I was specifically focused on helping women who, um, you know, they were really upset about the 2016 election and they really wanted to do something different in their community so they could feel like they were making a difference and they didn't feel so out of control with what was going on around the world. And, um, And so I started my business under a completely different business name. And I started coaching and quickly I really started to realize that I do a lot of healing work uh, with my clients, I've always been, I mean, I'm a social worker, so like, I've always been a healer. I've always considered myself a healer. And at about the same time, um, that all this was going on like 2017, that whole year, um, our oldest daughter, uh, kept trying to get me to go to church. And I was like, I don't want to go to church. like, I don't want to have anything to do with church. I grew up in Utah. I'm a witch, (laughs) you know, I'm bisexual. I'm a feminist. Like I'm all the things that I have been raised. The Christian church doesn't want to have anything to do with. Sadly, and my, yeah. And my daughter just kept pushing me and pushing me, and I was like, I don't want to. And finally, I called a friend of mine, who is part of the Episcopal Church in Southern California, and I was like, I need you to find me a church because I don't even, I don't even know where to begin. And Caitlin really wants to go to church, so he found us a church, Good Samaritan, and. I was terrified. Like I, Joyce, I was terrified to walk into church. I was like, if I go in there, I'm going to start on fire. Like bad things are me. <laughs> and what happened was I walked into that church and I started sobbing. And every oh. Sunday, every Sunday for three months, I just bawled. And it felt like I was coming home. And I was like, what is going on? I kept my husband to be like, let's sleep in today. I'm like, Nope, we're going to church. And he's like, I don't understand what's happening to you. And I'm like, I don't understand what's happening to me either, but I want to go to church. And so the evolution that happened is that in that very same coach all through these years, she's like, you need to come out of the closet. I was like, I am not. No. She's like, you need to tell people you're a Christian witch. And I was like, "Mm -mm, no, ma'am, I'm not going to do that because then my Christian friends are going to get mad at me. Right. And my witch friends are gonna get mad at me and I'm not gonna have any friends left and it's gonna be really sad. And she's like, girl, just Google search, hashtag Christian witch. And I was like, whatever. And so I did. And all of a sudden there's this huge community of people who are both Christian and witches. And I was like, I
0: thought I was so unique. (laughs) So why did you why did you think you, the your, the witch community would be upset with you because you were claiming the title of a Christian? Typically, and and
1: I have actually had a lot of backlash for this, so I can actually say that I my my hesitancy was not unwarranted, uh, because there is so much anti Christian sentimentality among some parts of the pagan witchcraft community. Rightly so. I mean the the witch hunts. The witch hunts were the largest femicide in world history. Right. Um, it, it's not like we are friends with the Christian Church. Often, um, right. Christians tend to see um, Christians tend to really um, see witchcraft as this not. It's not okay, right?
0: They uh, see they when they when you mention the word witch, our society thinks black hat, right. crooked nose, yeah. wart. <laughs> Eating children, you know, doing, doing these horrible things. Well, so here's what
1: happened that I think is so beautiful that I really want your listeners to hear is that what ended up happening is that people became so curious about me identifying that way that, that, and I started doing just so much more research on the history of paganism and Christianity. And what I ended up finding out was a couple of really beautiful things. One is that there were pagans early on, like 11th, 12th century, maybe even in in the 10th century that would cross the bridge between uh, Christianity and witchcraft. So they would, or paganism. And so they would take information to the Christian church as they were expanding in Scotland in particular. And then they would, bridge the gap back to the pagans to tell them about Christianity and so you know one of my friends one day said she's like you know you're one of those right like you're the bridge builder like you can go back and forth between the two and it's really beautiful and amazing and I thought oh well that's cool like I don't have to be worried about being one or the other and I think so much in our identities right like we have to be one or the other And apparently I just live in duality. I'm a bisexual woman. So I'm like, you know, and there's always running jokes in the gay community, like by now, gay later, Like, (laughs) like, you know, and, and apparently like, this is my role in this life is to be a bridge, like to go back and forth between, you know, light and dark and, and Christianity and witchcraft. And, you know, like, I, I just feel like We put ourselves in such boxes that it it stops us from living in the fullness of our power and our ability to connect to spirit. And I think that is what I've learned. Well, what ended up happening, of course, is I blew up my business and started Natural Born Rebel. And then all of these things started happening. And I started doing readings and I uh, became... I trained, I actually trained in clairvoyance so that I could channel better because I was a little, my channeling was a little bit wonky. And so I learned how to do that better. And, and, and now I just incorporate this love of God. I mean, I love Jesus. I really love Jesus. (laughs) I really love Mary more, but I really love Jesus. And I have incorporated this idea of the divine masculine and the divine feminine and the Holy Spirit into the work that I do as a witch and a healer. So.
0: It's like a yin yin and yang, you know. So, you know, you were talking about putting yourself in a box. I think the reason we do that is because of the way society deems certain things. Mm -hmm. You know, we're listening to what society says, Mm -hmm. you know. So therefore, it's like, like, right before we started the show, and I had told you, that I went to an energy worker and she said, you're a witch, you know? And I said, that word carries stigma. I prefer to be coiled a light worker, but I am embracing it more, you know? I referring to myself as a green witch. But the thing too, going back to when all the witch trials, a lot of them weren't doing black magic. They were people who were working with herbs. And they were able to cure people because they knew which herbs to, to give them, to cure them. Mm-hmm. And I think too, it was also that, you know, the men were like, wait a minute, she shouldn't be doing this. She shouldn't have that kind of power. You know, I think maybe that was the beginning of the feminist movement.
1: <laughs> I think probably there's a piece of it there for sure. Also, I think that that back Back during the witch hunts, women were the healer. Like we were the, the only ones allowed in the room to help other women were women. Like there, there were not men in the room at all, right? And we were the midwives and we were the ones who were there for births. And we were the ones who were called upon when someone was sick. And and I think it, it just so deeply coincides with um, the expansion of the Catholic church and what they were trying to do. And they would not have been able to succeed in their endeavors if they would not have had a common enemy and the common enemy happened to be the healers and the 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 women who were doing the healing and the herbalists and the, and you're right. Black magic is very rare. Black magic is, is yeah. mostly a myth. Um, and so I also think there's so many books about it and there's so much writing about it. And I think if people are really curious about the actual history of, know the the actual of actual witchcraft and witches there's some really good ones one of my favorite is waking the witch by Pam Grossman it's one of my favorite books it's such a good history um that is just so powerful she does such a good job of of bringing it um together I really really love that book
0: there's also a lot of documentaries between YouTube and on Netflix and whatnot that I've been watching about the witch trials. I just feel, I like to get different perspectives mm-hmm. and I look through, I look for consistencies. Mm-hmm. And I also do a lot of writing when I do my research. That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for the consistencies. Mm-hmm. Cause I feel that when, and, and stuff like I can tell from a website or a blog if, if there's plagiarism involved, it's like, wait a minute this is just too close to that. Somebody did something yeah. here, yeah. you know? But uh, yeah, I think people need to go and look for themselves instead of just listening to what society has to tell us. And that's one of the problems with our society is that people are too lazy to go and do the work themselves. So they'd rather just listen to what somebody else is spewing at them. Rather than going and searching for themselves to see. So what? what I know there, there's different kinds of witches. Like I said, I relate to being a green witch. What type of witch do you relate to being? Well,
1: I don't. Um, <laughs> I've been called the grandmother witch. I've been called the web weaver. Um, I've been called the color of the collar of the witches. Um, I practice all different kinds of witchcraft. So I am not just one thing. I am all the things. Um, And one of my, um, I don't know how to say what it is. One of my magics, I guess it's that. One of my magics is to really help uh, call other people into their power. And so a lot of what I do is help um, my clients and the people that I work with. connect to their own intuitive powers and connect to their own intuition so that they can figure out how to enhance um, those powers and what they're here to do. And so I think a lot, a big part of um, coming into our power and figuring out who we are is to remember that, that we're not just one thing, we're many things. And when we really start to identify the things that really light us up and make us feel passionate and, and really connect us to the things that make us excited, then we figure out that that's where our magic goes. Um,
0: yeah. That's, that's really interesting that you, you said that, that it might not be one thing because when we talked earlier and you asked me about how I started my podcast, that was part of how it came to be was because I was passionate about, about all these different things. And, you know, so my podcast is able to, roll everything into one. But I've also been struggling these days because I'm still like that. I still have things that I'm passionate about. Okay. I, I, I like to create, I make jewelry, I have a cricket. I, you know, I design and make t-shirts and, and different things. And my husband's like, you know, you just got too many things going on. I said, but it's all related to one thing. It all goes back to holistic health.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So it's one topic but many things. Mm -hmm.
1: I think so often, um, you know, we, we get told that we're not allowed to, you know, like you have to focus. And Mm -hmm. I just don't think that's true. I think you have to have focus. Like, I think if you're going to navigate the world for sure, you have to have focus. But I also, I really feel like being creative. There's so many different ways that we're creative. And I think that I think when we allow ourselves to fall into our creativity and do the things that make us excited and make us feel lit up and make us feel, you know, like we are creating in the act of creation. And when we also recognize that our work is the act of creation too, like when we really recognize that when we engage in our work in the world, it doesn't matter if we are, you know, running a business or we are like doing the things that we are meant to be doing in in an office environment or whatever it is, that when we engage in our work, then we are creating, we are in the act of creation. And I just really, when I see people struggle, I see people struggle because they're not owning their creativity and their their own unique thing that they're bringing to whatever it is that they're doing. And I think when we allow ourselves to have many different things that we're interested in and when we allow ourselves to really expand and explore the things that make us excited, then it allows us to hone in more on, like you said, holistic health is the thread that is woven through your tapestry of life. And I think that, you know, for me, it's helping people find their voice. Like I really want people to be able to to enunciate for themselves what it is they want to see happen in the world. And that is the thread that drives me like that is woven through the fabric of all of the things that I do out in the world is helping people, you know, get rid of this perfectionist need to like fall into line and let that go. Like the ultimate rebellion is doing everything imperfectly because that is how we're made. We are naturally occurring things on the planet. We aren't meant to be perfect. Like trees are not perfect. Birds are not perfect. We are born. We stitch together in the womb, lopsided, like nothing is perfect. And the minute we allow ourselves to let that go and really just explore the things that we're curious about, that's when we really get to expand in our in the things that we create in the world.
0: Well, I always say I'm perfectly imperfect.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, perfectly imperfect. Un- 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 but you know that 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 again is is a society thing and you know the brainwashing i listen to a lot of things about business and it's like find one thing that you're good at and do it and it's like but i'm good at a bunch of different things Mm -hmm. you know so why can't i just take the topic like we're both taking a topic and going okay this is our topic this is our 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 focus but i have this this and this and this Mm -hmm. and it, it it's all interwoven and it works perfectly together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you talk to a lot of women who are who are in the corporate ro- world and want to come out of it?
1: Um, yeah, I work. I work with a lot of women who um, who are either transitioning out of corporate or um, they want to figure out how to work in corporate. So. Um, they, they want to figure out how to empower themselves within, you know, where they're at. I also work with a lot of women who own their own businesses. And um, one of the things that I find so fascinating about the work that I do is that even when women run their own businesses or are in charge of their own small business or their entrepreneurs, one of the things I find really fascinating is they keep trying to fit their business into a corporate structure, like a nine to five, eight to five structure. And one of the biggest lessons that they learn inevitably when they're working with me is that you're running your own show. Like you get to make all the rules. Yeah. Well, if you want to work for like three hours a day, then work three hours a day. And they're like, what? And I'm like, and, and my other, you know, that actually translates to people who are working in an office or working in a corporate structure or work for an organization is that in that eight hour work day, people only work three and a half hours a day because they have mandated breaks. They have a mandated lunch break. They've got two other breaks they have to take. They wander around the office talking to their friends and their coworkers and the people that they work with. They have meetings. So they're not actually doing work, work, except for three and a half hours a day. So I'm all Why not run your business on three and a half hours a day? Like, where are you getting this rule that we have to work all these hours? And mind you, you have to work hard. But when you give focused attention time to the work that you're doing, you can get your work done in about three and a half hours.
0: Well, and the thing is too, is that there's no sense in continuing to work if you're, or not that there's no sense. But I mean, I mean, that's why I chose to have my own business. I wanted to set my own hours. Mm -hmm. You know, yesterday, my husband and I just took off and went to the beach.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: You know, that's the great thing about me having my own business. I can do that. Mm -hmm. I can take off and go to the beach. I can take my work to the beach if I want to (laughs) and go work at the beach. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's, I mean, that's why I started my own business. I wanted that flexibility. Mm -hmm. And not only that, but I also wanted to work for my dream and not somebody else's dream. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think it's really interesting. All these rules we place on ourselves about how things are supposed to be and how they're supposed to look. I was actually just talking with a client today about, um, how fascinated that she is with just this idea of the universe and source and spirit and God, and like all these things that we talk about in, in, um, my programs and in my coaching, because, you know, she was, she wasn't raised that way. You know, she was raised by atheist parents who, you know, didn't believe in anything. And now she's like, huh, this is really interesting. Like her exploration of it, it's sort of like my exploration of going to church, right? Like she's like opening up to this whole idea that there is something greater out there in the world that, and that we, you know, we have no control that, that we, we get to take action and we get clarity and confidence from taking those actions, but that there is a larger driving force. And you can see that just with the way that the earth works, not the way we manipulate the earth, but the way the actual earth works with volcanoes and earthquakes and storms and weather and the way air is constantly moving around us, but we can't see it. Like there's so much wonder in the world And when we try and put our lives into these super rigid boxes, we stop wondering, huh, I wonder why that is, or I wonder why that happens, or I'm really curious why I'm feeling that way. And I think that when we start to think about our lives from that curiosity standpoint, and we really start to wonder, I wonder what's going to happen next. You know, one of the um, things I was just recently telling one of my clients was, you know, I was, I was actually in, in one of my classes and I was like, you guys, like, what if we were like four again? And we just woke up every day and we were like, I wonder what's going to happen next. I wonder what's going to happen next because young people, and I see this with young people, like young people, like, I wonder what's going to happen next. And I'm like, yeah, that's the life. Those are the, that's the space I want to be in, not I want to control and predict what happens next, but I wonder what'll happen if I send this email or write this blog or write this book or say this to my client. Like, I wonder what's going to happen if, and when we're in that space of wonder, I wonder what's going to happen if everything opens up. It's like infinite possibility just goes, oh, hey, what's up? Oh, you wonder? Let's see what happens. (laughs) It's a totally different way of being. And I, I think that I just really want to start encouraging people to just be more curious. Like, I wonder what would happen if instead of being like, I know that if I do this, I with this certainty, like it's a, it's not real certainty doesn't exist. And right. It perpetuates fear and grief and mm-hmm. loss and perfection and all of those things that we
0: are here to undo. That's a, that's a really, a really good point to make and yeah we need to be aware of you know one of the problems is she were in the house so much these days you know we're all the time i am that's why it was so nice to get out and go to the beach yesterday you know i I mean that's part of something that i've got to be conscious of is to go outside to walk in the sun to take a walk Mm -hmm. you know and when you're talking we were talking about one wondering I'm in Louisiana, so we've got the Spanish moss. Mm -hmm. Well, I was wondering, where does it come from? Why is it there? Well, it comes from bird droppings. Mm -hmm. That's where it comes from. I've got flowers that just pop up in my yard out of nowhere. And I'm like, and I always wonder, what is that? How can I use it? What kind of benefits does that plant hold? You know, what is that plant? You know, we have a place here that will help us to identify plants if you send them a picture, but I sent them a picture and I never got any response. Mm-hmm. So but yeah, having having that childlike thinking as far as wandering mm-hmm. and you know, allowing mm-hmm. the child inside of you to come out and play to have fun. Mm-hmm. You know, so many adults are so serious. And I'm like, loosen up a little bit, you know, go ahead and laugh. It's good medicine. It's, that's another thing with our society. When you're an adult also, you have to be so serious. Yeah. No, you don't. <laughs> you laugh and have fun.
1: I don't know where that rule came from, but it's lame. <laughs> I don't like that rule at all.
0: Me neither. That's what you Have you seen it saying don't grow up, it's a trap? Yeah it's definitely a trap so you have a master class
1: i do i have a couple master classes online yeah so i have um groups of master classes um that you can buy online and they are about um uh the divine feminine the uh, maiden mother crone the archetypes of feminine of the divine feminine they're about um uh feminism and Um, unscrewing the patriarchy in your brain and learning how to tap into your intuition. And um, they're really, really fun, super delightful, lovely masterclasses that are short, they're just short videos. And they just really give you another way to look at the way the world is and look at how you can start to um, just un- just unlearn some of the things that that we've been programmed to think and feel so that we can get closer to our intuition and figure out what really lights us up.
0: Right. You know, and the thing is, is we all have intuition. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes we just don't listen to it. Most of the time. (laughs) Well, I'll I'll tell you, I listen to mine. Right. What happened?
1: It's really hard for people to learn about that.
0: Oh, well, I learned the hard way. My husband learned even the harder way. Mm -hmm. So I was doing an event and rain was in the forecast and I like to wear the moccasins without the Mm sole. Well, what happens when it rains your feet get wet because you have nothing. there. So I keep hearing in my head, grab your boots, grab your boots, grab your boots. I don't want to grab my boots. I want to wear my moccasins and the voice is saying, just put them in the car. You don't have to put them on, just put them in the car. Well, I mean, first off, I am a rebel. I'm strong-headed, so I blew it off, and I didn't take my boots, and my feet got wet, so I'm like, okay, fine, I'll listen, I'll listen, yeah. and now with my husband, he's building a greenhouse, and he had one letter, and he, he was being told, get the other letter, it's more stable, he didn't listen, he actually fell and broke his collarbone. Oh, no. Yep. So I said, are you going to listen to your intuition now? You know, sometimes it's things like that. But, you know, the intuition is that small voice in your head or even that thought that's in your head that, you know, I should do this.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, and especially when it's something so harmless, as just putting a pair of boots in your car. Yeah. You know, just yeah. listen. Okay listen to it so our intuition and where do you think it it stems from do you think it's like our higher self do you think it's our guides do you think it's a higher power what's our intuition
1: i think our intuition my the way my teacher talks about it my teacher eileen i love what she says she says the clearest most clairvoyant intuitive thought happens in the first five seconds and what always screws us up is the feelings we have after that as we act off of feeling we never act off of our our thoughts right and i love i love when she says that because it's such a good reminder that our intuition is that voice that little niggle that you hear and it's not very loud it, sometimes it gets louder but it's like this thing that says do this instead or do this instead or do this instead and then we think no i know better no I'm going to wear my moccasins even though you're telling me to put my boots in the car right like I had uh, a really good friend who had an intuitive hit to put to do something with the laundry looked outside and this terrible car accident had happened in front of her house and she would have been in the car in the middle of the car accident if she wouldn't have listened to do the laundry. she wasn't going to do the laundry she kept like pushing against it and it just wouldn't relent and so I think sometimes that intuition that voice says something and we ignore it and 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 it says something and sometimes we don't ignore it i think that i think it's a combination of all the things you mentioned i think we don't know what intuition is and we don't really know where it comes from but i think we know that when we listen to it things are easier and and i think yeah. that, that is that is the thing that i really try and teach my clients like When I say, let it be easy, I don't mean things are going to be easy. Life is complicated. Right. If we listen to our intuition more and more, and we allow ourselves the security of knowing that it isn't wrong, then our lives become less difficult in that complication. And if we can allow our lives to become less difficult within the complication of things, then we are giving ourselves the break that we so richly and rightly deserve. It doesn't have to be difficult, right? Things can can things can flow, and um, it's not going to be perfect because we're not perfect. No, nope. but at least it will feel better, and we will have more better days and less crappy days.
0: Right, it just makes things so much easier. Yeah, you know. Cause you, you don't, you don't have to sit there and ponder no. it. Should I do this? Should I do that? Yeah. You know, what's the best thing? You know, you just listen to that little voice inside your head. Do you have clients that say they can't hear that little voice in their head? Oh,
1: sure. Yeah. I mean, that's why most people come to work with me is they have no idea what they, they have no clarity. They're like, I've been wrestling with this for years and I just want clarity on it. And so um. You know, I really teach my clients how to figure out, okay, so this is what you want. This is what society's told you to want or your parents or, you know, your family of origin or whatever it is. This is what you want. This is the vision you have for your future. Here is how you can learn how to listen to your intuition, learn how to tap into your magic, learn how to connect to that thing that makes you excited and really get you going so that you can incorporate that into your life as it is and use it moving forward as a tool. I think that's the other thing. I think people think that if they start to do magic or, you know, do spiritual work or whatever it is, I think a lot of times people think that if they do those things, that their life is going to blow up, right? Um, That they think that Um, things will explode or, or stuff will go wrong. Or, I mean, I don't know what people tell themselves, but I, I remember thinking I can't use my power because if I, if I let this power out, people are going to be really upset with me. And what ended up happening is I attracted more friends and more love and more joy and more happiness. And more of all the things I really wanted in life because I wasn't so busy putting up walls so no one would be able to see who I was.
0: Yeah, that's that's tough. Yeah, that's tough. It's really you know? tough, right? Well, you know, I, I have a, a friend. You know, when you were talking about doing certain things, mm-hmm. she won't meditate. Mm-hmm. She she feels like there's something evil about meditation.
1: Oh, that's interesting.
0: And I yoga too. She oh. won't do yoga. Apparently there's a type of yoga out there where they do chanting. And I'm thinking it's probably using like the, um, mm-hmm. you yeah, know, it yeah. sounds like yeah. that. She feels that that's evil. So, but I was explaining to her, there's different types of yoga. Not all yoga is the same.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, but she still is just like, and that's the thing too with the church. I was in the church for years and then I had gotten out and because, because the fact that it was so much about fear, mm-hmm. at least a church that, that I was that's going right. to,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, and it's just like, I, even now it's still is phone over. I'm thinking, like tarot. I will not mess with tarot. Tarot cards. Mm-hmm. I just won't. I, I do oracle cards. Now I'll I'll, I'll I'll let somebody do a reading for me for tarot. Sure. But I personally won't do it myself.
1: Well, I think, I think it's really important for people to remember that all of these things are tools, right? Mm-hmm. So these are all just tools. Tarot is a right. tool. Oracle cards, tools. Runes are tools. Like You know, scrying is a tool, like praying, praying is spelling and spelling is praying. You cannot cast a spell without it being a prayer. It is a prayer. We're just all using different language, right? This is the thing I wish people would understand. What is so fascinating about your friend who's talking about how yoga is evil. Yoga is a spiritual practice. It is a religious spiritual practice, just like going to church and taking communion and the body and blood of Christ and all of those things. That is a, a religious and spiritual practice. And I just wish more people would understand. And I this, this is also the problem in the spirituality community. Like like the, our way is the right way and meditation and yoga. And, you know, you have to be rigid and you got to sit your butt on the pillow and do the meditation and all the things like we're just as bad in the, in the spiritual community as we are in the religious community. Like who can, God has no rules, people like it's just a tool. It's yoga is a tool, but here's the thing about calling it evil that says, I'm better than you when we do that. Well, I I don't believe there is, that buys into the story of good and evil, right versus wrong. And I don't think any of us are wrong, even your friend. I think that when we find the thing that works for us, that connects us so deeply to spirit, whether it's no matter what we call it, when we are connecting to God, not as the white Christian God, but God as love. Love is what connects all of us. We are love and we are loved. There is no other truth. And it doesn't matter what your religious or spiritual background is. Love is the universal flow. That's it. That's all there is. And so no matter what tools we're using, if we're connecting those tools back to love, then that is the point of all of this, right? Right. I love Megan Watterson. She wrote a book called Mary Magdalene Revealed. And she always talks about how the body is the vessel for the soul. The only reason we're here is to give our soul a living purpose. That's it. Our soul is here to have an experience. And that's what we're doing. And the minute we embrace the idea that we're just here having a a living purpose, that we are experiencing our day-to-day lives with a purpose the minute we start to embrace that idea and start to tap into that universal flow of love, it doesn't matter what we think. It matters what we do. Mm. It matters what actions we take in the day. It matters what we put out into the world. And if what we put out into the world is love, then we're getting it right. Right. And if we're not, what we're not putting out in the world is love. If we are judging, Judge not, lest ye be judged. Like, right. <laughs> if we are judging other people, then we are not in that flow of love. And and I believe that the minute we let go of this idea of there being right versus wrong, we will be able to fall more deeply into that that spiritual connection. My favorite thing with my clients is the minute I start talking about how prayer is spell and spell is prayer, like it's S P E L L. Mm -hmm. You can't have a prayer without
0: spelling. Right.
1: It doesn't exist. Exactly. Literal action of putting letters together to spell something.
0: Right. You know, I've heard um, a number of people in various communities say that we're not human beings. We're spiritual beings having a human experience, Mm -hmm. which is such a great way of putting it. You know, when you think about when you think about it like that, because that it's truth, we really aren't humans, we're spiritual beings, we have a soul, mm-hmm. and that soul goes on.
1: And I think it's important to, to I, I want to, I would challenge you a little bit that we are human beings, and we're connected to this web of life. The thing that makes it different is that we've got this soul also trying to have a human experience. It yeah. complicates things. Interesting. But we are humans. We we are part of the animal kingdom, just like plants and flowers are part of the you know the the botany kingdom, like we are part of the animal kingdom and we are connected to this web of life so intricately that yes. when we start to think of ourselves as separate of it, that's when all the trouble starts.
0: Well, and everything's energy. Yep. So in that way we're all connected. That's right. And that's why putting out the vibration of love is so important because not only does it have an effect on me or the people that are around me, it affects everybody in the whole entire world in a positive way, just as much as something negative can have the same effect. Mm -hmm. I would love to see everybody in the world wake up to this idea you know, and I feel that if people knew how interconnected we really are, that this world could be so, uh, so much better place. I think so. So you have any, anything coming up?
1: Um, no, I just, I have readings. I have lots and lots of open, I always have uh, several openings for readings and I always open more up if they get booked. So I do one hour clairvoyant coaching readings where for 30 minutes we coach. So if you have one or two issues that you want clarity, um, on that you just feel are like mudding you up, um, it's my, it's called misfit magic hour. And so we do a, like 30 minutes of coaching and then a 25 hour or 25 minute tarot reading or Oracle cards, depending on my mood that day. Cause you just never know what you're going to want. And so, um, and so it's a reading combined with clairvoyance and coaching. And it's really, really fun. So you get to talk to your guides and it's really good. It's just really fun. It's one of the most fun things ever. And I do them all month long, like I do them all the time. So,
0: so how, many time. Chiral dec- how many How many Churro decks do you have? I have five. That's it? Yeah,
1: I have the ones I love. So I'm a little bit obsessive about what I use. <laughs> so when i love it i love it forever like it's just i have a couple oracle decks i love to use too i love to use uh uh rebecca campbell's ladder to the light and then um danielle laporte's truth bomb deck is my other favorite one to use so.
0: truth bomb uh-huh. interesting title mm-hmm. they're really good they're just one little
1: word sentences that just like oh really yeah they're really good
0: I've got the uh, fairy wisdom oracle and the dragon wisdom oracle. Oh, nice! And the dragon one is really interesting because it like like it told me to go and meditate to meet my dragon to find out who my dragon was. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, you know, (laughs) that's real woo-woo. That is real woo-woo. But I did do it, and I did meet her, and her name is Elsa. That's awesome. So that was very interesting.
1: Um, it just, the other one. Let me just. This just popped into my head, so let me just say this about meditation because it just popped in my head, and it's the second time. When we talk about meditation, I I am a terrible meditator. Like I don't sit down to meditate. I meditate in the shower. I meditate when I'm standing in my garden watering my flowers. I meditate, uh, like right as I'm falling asleep. I'll go into a meditation, not on purpose. It just happens. Like we are always meditating. I meditate while I do the dishes. Cause I go into a zone. Like I don't even know what I'm doing. If you are driving and you've gotten somewhere, like you're driving home the same way every day for the like time and eternity, you meditate on the way home because you zone out, right? You Sometimes you don't remember how you got home, but you know, you got home, right? Like that we, when you talk about meditating to go meet your dragon, I'm like, that's amazing. And Dr. Melissa Bird, PhD does not meditate that way. Like I just don't, but I meditate every day, but I meditate in different ways. I meditate when I'm sewing. I meditate when I'm making one of my um, felted dolls. I meditate when I'm writing, especially when I'm writing, I go into a very deep meditation, but I don't do it on purpose. And so I just want to encourage anyone who's listening to this to remember that you don't have to like, go into the zone and go into the home and go into all that. Like there's no rules to meditation. As long as you're giving yourself space and permission to recognize you're meditating when it happens, like after you're done, be like, Oh, I just meditated. And then you can go into that space more. So you can download those divine downloads and that intuitive stuff and open yourself up more to connecting with your intuition.
0: I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, I've talked to numerous people who are like, oh, I can't, I can't meditate. You know, for for me, it's it's different. I don't sit on a pillow with my fingers. <laughs> you know, I I do not do that. I lay down on the couch. I, I do a lot of guided meditations. That's how i met a lot of my guides and my archangels was through meditation. And that's how how they come to me. Mm-hmm. But, you know. And people will be like, Oh, you know, I can't stop thinking about things. Well, yeah, because we have thoughts. So let it come. If I have a thought come while I'm meditating, I let it come and then I release it like a wave in the ocean. Okay. Yeah. The thought came now it can go away. I'll bring it back when I'm done. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Another thing I try to do is get as much stuff done before I go to meditate, so I'm not sitting there thinking, oh, I got to start dinner. I, I got to put the laundry in, you know, and I have made this suggestion before. I don't do it because I'm not a list person. But if you're a list person, you could list the things you have to do after you're done meditating to help clear your head. Sure. So I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, there's no, no rules, you know, whatever works for you, whatever feels good for you. I had talked to this one man about meditating and he, I, I asked him if he meditated and he, he was struggling with something. And I said, well, meditation might be good. Have you ever done that? And he was like, oh no, I've tried that and I don't like it. Well, whoever he had talked to about meditating had told him that he had to lay down and he couldn't move. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> lay me there and don't move
1: yeah
0: so he was like i can't do that and i was like i don't know who told you that but that's not true no it isn't no no so we're almost at the top of the hour is there anything you want to leave the listening audience with
1: i just really want to encourage everyone to to think about not following the rules Right. Like my company natural rebel for a reason, right? Like when you start to think, you know, put yourself in boxes or or think about am I doing this right or wrong, there is those those are just constructs. They don't, they're not real and they don't exist. And so if you really allow yourself to just let your emotions flow, you know, let your anger move in and out, let your happy move in and out. Like we are just here all of these rules and all of these pressures and all of this need to, well, if I can't do it right, I'm just not going to do it at all. This, that stops us from living the fullness of life that we are really here to, to learn and, and do. And, and, and we can, and we, when we default to love and not romantic foo-foo love, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about permission to to fail and willingness to to just walk outside and breathe the air and think, oh, wow, I wonder what my day is gonna be like today. And when we really fall into this idea that we are here to be spiritual, connected, collective, collaborative human beings, when we start to dismantle this mythology that we are separate and above other people And we, and thing, and like nature, when we start to connect back into that web of humanity and really start to think about what the thread is that weaves us together, it, it becomes so much easier to live a daily existence. And my favorite thing to leave people with is my favorite quote from Eleanor Roosevelt, which is do one thing every day that scares you. I have lived by that motto probably since 2003. And I have such a full, amazing, incredible life. I have things that happen, you know, like bad stuff happens, but the idea of doing the scariest thing every single day has allowed me to, and my clients, like I make my clients do it too. like, I'm like, what scares you the most? Let's do that first. And the minute we start to engage in life that way, then the thing that scares us the most becomes the smallest thing, Right. It's like the hand, the hand, the shadow hand on the wall. Like it's this big giant monster, but really it's just your hand. Like, right? It diminishes the scary monster in the closet. So,
0: do one thing every day that scares you. That's really good advice, but at the same time, that that's scary in itself. Yeah. You know. So, if people want to contact you or work at, work with you. Where, where do they go?
1: So you can find me on my website at naturalbornrebel.com. Uh, you can also find me online in all the places at Bird Girl, B I R D G I R L 1001. I make it super easy for people. Um, and that's where you can find me on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and uh, Twitter.
0: Melissa, thank you so much for being on. It's been a great conversation. I enjoyed I'm glad that you took the time to come and talk with us.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much, Joyce. I'm happy to meet you.
0: All right. So all of you people out there, enjoy the rest of your day or the beginning of your day and remember to shine your light until next time.